Hey, check it out. Hey, check it out. We watched We're All Going to the World's Fair. It's very strange and emotional, at least for me. And there's a girl and she makes videos and there's a guy and he's awful and they just sort of do stuff and then it's over but it's amazing and slow and i loved it so let's check it out uh the only thing that was missing anna was you uh breaking into screaming for no reason <laughs> three quarters of the way through the song i feel like that would be really upsetting to our listeners without context well strap in this is a lot of, this is a lot of distressing shit to talk about strap the hell yeah. in we might as well hit the warning sub friend for like strobing Ooh. lights depression yep. suicidal ideation you know yep. murder ideation yep. assault yep. weapons Body uh, horror, ASMR. <laughs> yep. If you don't yeah. like the ASMR, this will be my most old man sitting on his <laughs> lawn yelling at cars. <laughs> Not because I loved the movie, but ninety nine percent of this is oh, stuff. Yeah that I do not pay attention to. That is fair. It is kind of like millennials, the movie. Yeah. In some ways. Yeah. That's a real, no, you know what? That's really reductive and regret saying it, but it does draw from very contemporary culture. It all goes back to the fact that I don't know what creepypasta is. Like I know what it is, but I don't <laughs> give a shit. That <laughs> sounds like you do know what it is. I do. I read one once where all of the Disney characters were melting and screaming at each other's faces and just like, and then Minnie tried to put on her lipstick, but her fist went through the back of her head because she was melting and everyone was Ooh. crying. And I was just like, why am I reading this? I'm well, not even sure if that's creepypasta. I don't know. Well, it may or may not be. It was a short paragraph that was terrifying. What I'll say is I also have not really engaged with creepypasta. I've watched some videos about creepypasta, but I've never like saw it in yet. So I only have like a passing familiarity. I have this. This is going to be a top episode for people younger than us making fun of us. Well, I know about all the weird Garfield shit. What, like Garfield minus Garfield or the other stuff? No, the the Lovecraftian horror stuff. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty yeah, average. I find it interesting. Anyway, what that's we are not here to talk about Garfield. We're here a little to talk about Garfield. <laughs> We're always here a little to talk about Garfield, as is every human being on this planet. <laughs> However, what I would prefer to do, if we may, is to talk about the film "We're All Going to the World's Fair," directed by Jane Schoenbrunn and starring Anna Cobb and Michael J. Rogers. Written, edited, and directed by Jane. Written, edited, and directed. Jane Schoenbrunn. This is her first film. She's a trans female woman i don't know why i paused why'd you turn um, into a ferengi <laughs> what is that a female woman trans female no trans female is what we say though i was just like should i say person no that's dumb <laughs> why would i say trans female and then person? never mistake women for people never hey america and the hundreds of years and still going we we got oh this oh my we god i'm gonna get i'm gonna get tossed out of the trans lady club that i'm probably not even in yet but you'll be in the trans lady woman club <laughs> great anyway so this is her first film 
it is currently available for streaming um, on Apple Plus in Canada. I don't know where it's streaming elsewhere, possibly everywhere, the same. Ever, literally, literally everywhere where you can download information. I think it's up on wendys.com. Like it, it, is, <laughs> it, is, it is very available. It's very available. It's got a really good um, score on Rotten Tomatoes from critics and a really bad viewer score on IMDb. Um, yeah, uh, so that's the thing. Um, it's also possibly still playing in in a theater near you, although less likely by the time this comes out. Um, it's going around to, I think, um, smaller theaters across North America and maybe elsewhere. It is playing here in Los Angeles. Okay. And supposedly it's going to land on HBO Max eventually. Nice. It did play here for a few nights um, at our local cool movie theater. And I read an uh, interview with Jane Schoenbrunn where she talked about the movie being a movie about the trans experience, but not a movie about trans people, which I think is really interesting. And I wasn't aware of this the first, I've watched it two times. And so when I watched it the second time, I was trying to watch it through that lens as well. So I have some some takes on that but yeah aside from that i really loved it i'll go into it but Corey, josh what did you guys think in general i, I <laughs> Corey, what, josh whichever what do you what are your thoughts about everything uh i mean first of all <laughs> first of all i'm gonna say uh that the young actor playing casey uh is astonishing right 95 percent of this movie is a three-quarter shot of her face and She's fucking incredible. There's the other guy in it, a, a creepy, weird, depressing prick, and he's bad. I mean, he's he's very good at playing that yes. part, but he is uh, he's a Grossberger. And the movie, like I kind of said at the beginning, there are a lot of parts of the young person internet experience that I knew about. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, appearing one night and one night only, the young person <laughs> internet experience. <laughs> hey, everybody, do you like Garfield without Garfield? <sighs> oh, shit, they're going to play the oldies. They're doing dancing hamsters. Uh, no, I just, as far as just like weird horror MMORGs and shit like that and creepy and creepy videos and things that is all and challenges uh you know the only thing i know from challenges is that for a week everybody thought they should eat tide pods this is a little different so it was a it was a learning and understanding experience i feel like this is the kind of movie you could watch 62 times and still pick out new things. And Anna had told us before we had watched that the director was a uh, a, a, a trans woman. And uh, and so in the back of my mind, there was a little thing that was like, I bet this is in some way about the trans experience. But as is garbage, I I probably do not know where to look for it. I can kind of put together some stuff, but uh, I don't want to, it's not that it's not my, I, it's a, it's above my pay grade. It's stuff that sure. I don't understand. So I'm actually, I'm interested in hearing more about it, but like, and then the other thing is I can completely understand why it gets low viewer ratings because the only other movie I talk about, Censor. Censor also has not great viewer ratings, and I think it's because there is a cross-section of genre movie fans who want to see 
the big kills and the stab boom crash mm. and the quick cuts and the things. And if they are told that something is a horror movie, there is a series of expectations that they have about a horror movie. Um, and very quickly, I kind of put together like, none of that here. That's not going to happen. This is like psychological horror, but it is so, so, so tucked in. It's so tamped down that mm -hmm. like you got to sit like an inch away from the screen like your grandmother told you not to. I, I liked it. I didn't get all of it. Oh, I want to shout out David Lowry, the producer, uh, mm -hmm. who is the director of everything from The Green Knight to Pete's Dragon. Right. Of course. Of course. I knew that name was familiar. And who did, well, probably you thought like I did at first as lead singer of Camper Van Beethoven and Cracker. I'm kidding. Nobody thinks that besides me. I'm 90. <laughs> and he's been on a couple episodes of Blank Check and he's a smart, funny guy. And uh, I feel like he just threw money at this and stayed the fuck out of the way, which I really appreciate in an executive producer. Anyway, that's what I thought. Corey. Hi, young person from the internet here. Hi. <laughs> Don't dox me. Are you doxing me? <laughs> Corey, Corey, when you say young person from the internet. I am of the millennial generation. I grant you that, but are you not of the upper side of the... I don't know what you're talking about. We're all the same. Why are you calling my friend old? That's not cool. she's in her 30s. That's not old. I'm old. That's I'm not young oh. either. I'm about to be goddamn 50. Corey's a spring goddamn chicken. Corey's like way younger than both of us, but I don't think I don't think I'd call her a young person per se. <laughs> and Corey just cut all of it because Anna and I talked no, over each no, other for 45 no. minutes. <laughs> hey Corey, what'd you think of the movie? Oh wow. Okay, so I really liked the movie. I saw myself reflected in both of the characters and it just felt like such a tightly controlled, personal, intimate experience that sort of um, hit on a lot of stuff from, from my past, from when I was around like 13 or so up to later teens, you know, spending time on internet forums, making stories with people and producing mm -hmm. stuff with no audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was like... A time tunnel. It's just like, uh, look at me a decade ago, even, and it's mm. it's there. When you were twenty five, uh, twenty three. Sorry, are you only thirty three? Yes. I apologize. I have misrepresented you. Yeah, I'm a young <laughs> spring chicken, not yet through my salad days or whatever Shakespearean term you might. <laughs> I say we get into it before we get into it, and I should have said this at the top. We are gonna spoil the crap out of this. And I do think it's like, if you have any inclination to watch it, I would absolutely say watch it before you listen to this and we wreck everything. If you don't know if you want to watch it, as Josh has said previously, by all means, listen, and hopefully we'll convince you that it's worth a look. Yeah. And it's a fun, it's a funny movie to say that we're going to spoil. We're going to say all the things happen in it sure but it's gonna be a it's gonna be a little dancing about architecture because like the experience is the experience because mm -hmm. and i don't mean this i don't mean this in a derogatory way about seven things happen in this movie 
And it's highly ambiguous. <laughs> seven plot point things is sure. what I mean. Not seven. A hundred bajillion emotional things happen in this movie. Yeah. Seven plot things happen. Well, I mean, let me put it to you guys at the top at the top here, which is why the spoiler warning. I mean, it's being sold as a horror movie. And I... Is it? I mean, I think... Because I don't know. Well, I don't know if it's being sold as a horror movie, but there's certainly the perce- perception that it's a horror movie. And I'm just wondering if either of you at any point actually believe that any of the stuff happening in the movie was supposed to be real in like a Blair Witch way or if you clocked from the beginning that this is basically play. I put myself in the movie's hands and reserved judgment until the movie gave me a tell, if that makes sense. When Casey's watching other people's videos, there was one thing that happened that I was just like, oh, everyone's doing bits. Mm -hmm. except Casey may... The thing that's real is that Casey's soul is disappearing from her, but that... That's not magic. That's just being an isolated teenager. But there... I would say about halfway to three-quarters of the movie, I was like, there's no magic here. Like, there's no... There's no spookies. There's no nothing. Mm -hmm. I And I was just like, I'm going to keep an open mind because if it is spookies, then that's cool as hell too. But it's not spookies... And I think that's even cooler, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. No, I 100% agree. It's just it's hard for me to tell somebody that it's a horror movie because I feel like it is not. But also, I feel like that's something that you're supposed to determine as you watch it, as opposed to have somebody tell you. So I from the beginning, I did not. And I don't know if it's because of the tone or the performance or just because internet culture in general, but I, from the beginning, I was like, this feels like some kind of internet thing where people are doing each take, doing their own take on it. And I never want, I honestly never even thought that Casey was actually going down the rabbit hole of madness. I just thought she was playing really like doing a good job of playing the game. Mm. Like it was never really worried for her. And maybe that's just me. Because there are no rules to the game. None of this makes sense, by the way, because we haven't started explaining the movie yet, which we should. Uh, (laughs) The rules of the game, it's one of those things, again, that if you have done stuff like this, it will make sense. And if you're like me and watch Love Boat for fun, uh, you know, and and that's your idea of a good time everything's real nebulous and I don't know what any of it is mm-hmm. um, because okay. I'm, because I'm old man for all the fuck I know this could be, it could be spookies and ghosts and gerblins, or it could not be because I don't know the parameters of this world, which is by the way, fucking really interesting to go into something so cold. You don't know what things are. Because I had yeah. no idea. I didn't know. I didn't know if this was going to turn into an active shooter situation. I don't know if this was going to turn into a suicide. I didn't know. I- yeah, like it's definitely creepy, and yeah. there is a sense of like, oh no, is something going to happen? Oh no, is something mm-hmm. going to happen? Mm-hmm. And I think the whole yeah. tone of the movie kind of supports that. It doesn't really matter yeah. if the performance is real because yeah. there is an element of truth in it regardless. Yeah. yeah. Chekhov's rolling over in his grave. I just checked by the way, there's definitely a thing that happens in act one that doesn't happen in act three that Chekhov went, I told you, this is how it works. Oh but yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> That's for sure. All right. Anyways, string cheese. Let's rip into the string cheese. Oh, mm. I do not like string cheese. That's, that's my spicy take. That's cause you're old. 
No, it's because I don't like cheese. You don't want a pizza with nothing? This, I'm going to say this once, and we'll never discuss this on this podcast again. I'm not a fan of cheese. I like melted cheese on other things. I like it as a component. I don't like it by itself, which is why the idea of eating string mozzarella or whatever disgusts me on a level you can't even understand. But you pick it apart like a banana. It's disgusting and mucusy. I just, it upsets me by its texture and its flavor and literally everything about it. Somebody who doesn't have a problem with cheese or string cheese is young Casey, who we spend the first 90 minutes of the movie with staring at her computer. <laughs> yeah, it starts with an eight minute uncut shot of her sitting in front of her computer, looking around. You can see the glow of the computer reflected off her face, and that's the only reason you know there's a computer there at all. So she's just kind of mm. sitting there idly chomping on some cheese, and then she practices some lines, and you get that it's a warm-up for her to actually start recording her video. She might be 13. She might be 17. Say she's probably about 14, to be honest. That's, what I, that's roughly what I gauged her at. Corey, your feelings on this? Yeah, somewhere in there. Uh, the most important thing is that she's on the verge of crying at every single moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's the, yeah. Little, the little highlight <laughs> of the light reflecting off the pool of tears in her eyes at just every single shot. This is like the scary version of the girl in eighth grade recording her, her cringy videos. Mm. Oh, also she's up in her attic bedroom, which has like right. glow-in-the-dark stars all over the place and a little lava mm. lamp and stuff and a giant question mark floating over her head <laughs> almost all times in well, case you were wondering if this movie is going to be ambiguous there is <laughs> the director literally went yeah you should be you should be asking a lot of questions right now yeah like is something going to happen am i missing something that's happening in this scene the scene is yeah. going on for a very long time is something going to happen who knows? We know that this challenge, so the challenge that she's going to do, she says, she basically gets to like, hey, I'm Casey and I'm going to do the World's Fair challenge. Uh, and she is so worked up about it that were she not 50% of the actors named in the opening credits, I would be like, is she going to, is she going to offer something? Like what, it, whatever she's about to do, she does not want to do it it seems it's see uh, yeah it seems i mean question question here's, mark question here's mark. an important thing to keep in mind for, for for this film is that we get very little from outside of casey's or jlb who we'll introduce later's perspective to confirm or deny literally anything about their behavior casey is casey even more so because most of what we see of her that's not from her perspective like her filming a video or talking to her computer is like these sort of shots of her like walking around and stuff it doesn't give us any extra insight particularly it just gives us sort of like milia there's no external to a lot of this stuff there's no confirmation of anything we just have what we see and what we yeah. see is extremely mediated there are two people in this movie an off-screen voice and then people who are in youtube videos uh, and that and that is it. So there is, like Anna said, there's no out. We are the outside perspective, right? Mm -hmm. We're the peer group. In this scene, Casey turns around behind herself to check kind of her shot to make sure everything's nice. She makes her bed, picks up a stuffed lemur, who she introduces to the camera as Poe. Uh, when she starts her video, she says she wants to take the world's fair challenge, and then just kind of seems to go through a checklist of steps 
involved in taking the World's Fair Challenge, which is you say, I want to go to the World's Fair three times. Then uh, you pick up a little button pin and jab yourself <laughs> in the fingy. Bonus points if it's got a shifty skull thing on it. Yeah, a little holographic pin. It was cute. So many, so many times this kid jabs herself in the, in the finger. I thought one would do if you just want some bloods, right? Yeah. I would like to point out that the, she does this basically off screen, so we don't really see what she's doing. Yeah, her fingy is slightly obscured by the button pin itself, but she does hold the yeah. needle itself up in, in the camera true. so we know. And then we don't actually see what she does, but we know we, we know she smears the blood on her on her monitor before continuing. Right, which is which is part of the game. She's wearing a shirt for a band or something. And the font is almost illegible. My, my, my guesses were, were Skull Shelled or Skull Sheller. I have learned Skull Shedder. It's not Skull Michelle Geller? Because that's what I thought. <laughs> nope. Skull that's, Shedder. I, I only figured this out because it was in the credits. Yeah, it's, uh, it's in the death metal font, which we've all yep. had a good time making fun of in the past <laughs> on such places as the internet. <laughs> and I can only assume that that's highly intentional as well. Yes. I, I feel like if you're going to name your band Skull Shitter, it behooves you, if you want people to wear your shirts in public, to maybe make them as illegible as possible. But that's the deal with black metal and death metal, yeah. too, right? Like, you just, it's a lot of, it's obscured logos, mm -hmm. it's obscured vocals, because everybody sound like Cookie Monster. <laughs> Although none of, it's interesting, because she wears not but death metal weird shirts in this movie, for the most part, uh, and none of it really makes it to the soundtrack. Which I was fine with. Instead, uh, oh, yeah, thank God. Instead, we got Alex G, who's one of those guys who I've been reading about on Pitchfork for like 15 years, and always been like, oh, I should listen to their stuff sometime. It's really good. It's good it's stuff. Really good. It's yeah. very good stuff. So she stabs herself in the fingy. She spears it on the screen, and then she watches the video, which we do not see. It's like two minutes of her face reflecting a bunch of flashy. So stuff. I mean, it's the best I could just you can discern really is that it appears to be a lot of quick images. It's probably you know one of those ring style montage things that's supposed to be all creepy. It could just be flashing colors, literally. I went back and forth on that because at first I was like, uh, is this some like two girls, one cup shit? Or is this like, <laughs> is she, or, is she, or is she just watching, is she just watching Derek Jarman's blue and her color is on the frame? Like, we don't know. Yeah. But I like, and I think if I don't, if I remember correctly, at the end of the movie, we get some sort of closure on that. But the way that she was staring at the screen, I didn't get the sense that it was debauchery. I'm I'm more in nope. I'm more team Corey that it was just like it was just colors. It's kind of like you just have to sit here and expose yourself to strobing colors for the duration of the video. And then that's the end. It's actually certainly possible. Kind of common. I don't want to say like it's mm -hmm. kind of glitch arty a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we get a lot of red and blue and you get kind of. Because the the instinct is to stare into her eyes as she's watching this, and she's mm. only lit by the monitor screen because she's turned her lights off, and it causes like after images of her face to show up in your mm. eyes. So she kind of appears like she's slightly hazy or ghosty. It's really cool. Yep. It is super cool, and it's the kind of thing where it's like, well. If this is in fact going to go down a uh, supernatural street, then like this is a good way to do it. This is good and spooky and weird. And whatever she's looking at, I 
I have no doubt that if we are told later, oh, no, this comes right from evil. This is right from the devil's fiber optic connection. It'd be like, oh, yeah, I buy that. But she watches it, and then she's basically like, all right, I done's it. I'll let you know what happens. Mm -hmm. If I notice any changes. And then music actually finally comes in and the title. And we hear, like, sad, creepy electronic music over uh, a bunch of scenes of what I describe as late stage capitalism in small town America. Uh, Frankly, it doesn't look that much different than Edmonton in the winter, to be honest. It looks so much like Alberta, but some things are like subtly wrong. So it's like, is this Quebec? Yeah, there's a closed Toys R Us, which indicates that it is in the USA because our Toys R Us has stayed open. Show off. Mm. But everything's old and brown and cold and gross. So you, of course, you two thought Canada, and I was on the fence. I was like, this is either Canada or my home, the good old tri-state area, because yeah. there is there is, ju- there is just nothing. It's a very specific, and by the way, later on in the movie, I actually paused it uh, during the New Year's scene to clock the street signs so I could look up, look up Route 9 <laughs> West. So Route 9 West goes between, uh, between New York and New Jersey. Uh, and I was like, right. ah, memories. Yeah. So I'm from <laughs> Connecticut, but I got family uh, in the tri-state area. And I was just like, oh, yeah, piles of dirty snow, yep. blown out shopping centers. And like there's a shopping cart buried in the dirty snow and it's not warm and it's not cold and it's not fall and it's not winter. It mm. just fucking sucks. That's my home. And God <laughs> bless. I am. I am so happy. I am so happy to see uh, disgusting tri-state area get some love in the American cinema. Have you never seen Phineas and Ferb? It gets love like almost every episode. I have never. I I mean, as a Disney employee, of course, I have seen (laughs) every single Disney property. I have seen every single Disney property from Steamboat Willie to whatever the fuck just came out. Well, I'm sure you yelled and pointed at the screen during Chip and Dale when Phineas's mom showed up, right? Uh, I haven't seen Chip and Dale yet. Is it actually? This is not the movie we're talking about. Moving on. Very similar. Very similar films. Sure. Wait, Josh, I have a question for you. Hit me. Casey seems to have a really specific regional accent that I am unable to place um, as a, someone who is not from the United States, or it, does she just talk idiosyncratically? What's I need your take. Another thing above my pay grade. I, I come from the one part of New England slash the tri-state area that has no regional accent whatsoever. The reason why I did not fail voice and speech the way that I (laughs) failed all of my other classes my first semester of drama school was because I speak basically, and I'm sure somebody will call in and be like, no, you don't. I speak essentially nasally to be sure uh, and droning. I speak basically standard American. It's funny when my when my wife came home for the first time to meet my family in Connecticut, she assumed everybody was going to talk like the Howells from uh, yeah. uh, from Gilligan's Island. Oh, love him. Yeah. And like, that's kind of, that's like a Greenwich old money accent, but by the time you get to places like Hartford and shit, we all just sort of talk like this. So I'll say this: we're gonna rule out Connecticut. It's the tri-state area. I'm gonna say, but I'm gonna say like upstate New York, New Jersey, maybe. Mm. I thought, I mean, for until I saw that street sign, I was like, this is Canada? 
obviously this is Canada. This is some Canadian dialect because it's an inexpensive <laughs> movie. And where you go when you want to shoot an expensive movie? You go to Canada. Mm -hmm. And the actor for JLB is Canadian. Yes. Does it have anything to do with the fact that the actress uh, playing Casey uh, also somewhat resembles a young Elliot Page? I noticed that too. Interesting. Because I'm a thousand, I was like, and we just saw, this is not the time or place to talk about it, but my wife and I are doing a Moonlighting rewatch, Jessica Harper uh, from Suspiria, Shock Treatment, and a bunch of other awesome movies from the 1970s uh, was in it. Uh, and I, and I, so I kind of thought the kid looked a little like Jessica Harper, uh, sure. but Elliot Page is a great call. <laughs> well, okay. Moving on to the third scene in this film. <laughs> Yep. So we see from uh, from an external perspective, uh, Casey walking home alone through some gross, cold, brown, semi-wooded location through some snow next to a fence that she's running a stick along like she's Tom Sawyer uh, and muttering something to herself that we can't hear before she gets to her house, which looks like a fairly nice, if small, house in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we get a man's voice talking about how he's turning into something terrible and there's a vertical video mm -hmm. and just instructions for how to do the World's Fair challenge. So Casey's sitting at the dining table alone at night watching videos on her phone and a car pulls up outside and she like skedaddles out of there. She grabs her food and goes up to her room so she does not have to have human interaction, which is like regular teenager behavior or abused teenager behavior who can tell we get one exactly one line from the dad in a few minutes there is no mom on the scene and there are no parents or people in this world mostly like she right. she sort of lives in the charlie brown universe where everybody's just sort of, it's funny it was well, a she presents herself as such for the like more or less you, you're absolutely you are absolutely right it's interesting that she to me before we got the vertical video i could not quite clock what year we were in obviously they're doing challenges she and it's some year it whenever macbooks went from black or white to silver so it's like oh, around there right. and then and then after that until there was a vertical video and an iphone later on in the in the movie i was like I'm not quite sure what time we're supposed to be in, but, and obviously it's the internet age, but she's so free range, or at least is presenting herself as free range that mm -hmm. it was one of the few times that, because Corey talked about sort of the time tunnel effect, not as much of that for me, I'm a thousand, but it was one of the few times that I was like, wow, this feels, this has got some mad Gen X energy, just sort of this like, I'm left on my own devices 23 hours a day. Mm -hmm. I think it's set in like 2020, 2021, somewhere around there, but it feels a decade older, at least. Well, it feels timeless. It takes place in 2000 and depression. It's just yeah. like, yeah. it's like, it's a, it's bummer. It's the bummer year, whatever that is, all of them. Anyway. <laughs> When she's watching the World's Fair for Dummies video, there's a line of dialogue that is really distorted. Um, but when I was taking notes, I was watching with subs. Neither Jen or I could make it out when we were watching it um, without subs. The guy who's explaining it says, if other people's like your story, they will help you expand it, which really brings home that if you if you can make out that dialogue, which I think is kind of intentionally obfuscated, that this is actually like a game she's participating in. Mm -hmm. So she's lying in her bed in the evening, watching her laptop from like a couple feet away. And we see there's this guy 
sitting in a bathroom next to a radiator talking about Tetris. Mm -hmm. But in his body. His body's doing Tetris and he doesn't know what's going to happen when when the bricks stack up into his throat. Mm -hmm. uh, because he he watched the World's Fair video. That's implicit. Well, it's does, yeah, I don't it's know if he even says that. It's implicit, though. You do the challenge and then you tell everybody that you're mutating question mark profit yes. like yeah. is that that's it you're just well question well fun a uh, social interaction game yeah. yes it's like yes. um well i mean like it's like um in the earlier days of the internet when i was when i was a younger person uh on usenet we would write like like collaborative stories where like a round robin format or whatever exquisite corpse like, yes piece. yeah sure exactly so this is like a modernized version of that where there's a premise and then you participate and you come up with the weird thing that the the weird change that the world's fair video is causing in you and you do videos about it and you hope that people like it enough that they interact with you and help you you know mm -hmm. popularize slash narrativize the these changes yeah it's a little like um scp where there's, yeah, exactly. there's this collaborative space and everyone's got some established stuff <laughs> but everyone kind of builds together, sort of like fan fiction as well, just expanding the universe. Can you tell me what SCP means? Is it insane clown posse? Secure, contain, protect. It's <laughs> like so mostly just a wiki, but it's okay. a documentation about otherworldly supernatural objects, things, creatures, and details about them. They all have like scp and then number tag and then a name and a description it's like this clock moves if you're not looking at it or this is the thing that's going to destroy the world if it escapes or this monster helps people it's basically what control stole all of its concepts from got it and is this would you say this is the world's fair's closest analog or is there a thing you two have played that's closer to it i don't i if if there's an analog, like if there's a video analog, which I actually truly hope there is, because I actually think the concept of the World's Fair is very cool and interesting. I'm not aware of it, but also, as I've said, I'm not really into this stuff. Maybe Corey knows more than me. I'm trying to think. It's a little like an ARG. So it's a little like, I don't know, I Love Bees or something like that, where you'd have to like prove that you're engaged in the game in order to actually gain entry into the community but it's a challenge the way that we know tiktok challenges which is to say everybody's doing the same thing and the game is to do the same thing better and different than everybody else more creative or it. interesting yeah. 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 yeah arguably the challenge is to come up with something cool as opposed to watching the video which is merely just like you mm -hmm. throwing your hat in the ring well uh at the end of tetris guys video casey types in uh, world's fair common symptoms into the video oh. search and we get a video of a guy on a treadmill who says he can't feel his body, and so he slaps himself in the face repeatedly. Real hard, yeah. it would appear. Mm -hmm. That's CrossFit, right? That's what CrossFit is. You're on a treadmill and you slap yourself yeah. in the face? Yep. I think, yeah, there's ropes. No, I think in CrossFit somebody else slaps you in the face. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. It's, a, it's an audio medium, but Corey miming out the ropes fucking made my heart sing it's delightful i don't know what anyways <laughs> so yeah the guy slapping himself there's a girl who claims that she's turning into plastic that video came up from the autoplay that triggered right. which is sort of an important touch right. in this about sort of uh, how yeah. 
the automatic curation of mm -hmm. the system itself has has led her further into this we come to learn to dread the uh the <laughs> two little arrows disappearing and reappearing um, showing that the next video is loading uh and even on that first one it wasn't even a learn to dread it was just like oh jesus christ what the fuck is going to come up now because you don't know because the way right. that youtube works it's just like oh this is great i'm watching a thing about macrame white nationalism and it's just like oh no i don't want Pregnant that spider-man <laughs> uh. the next video that launches is called i'm turning into plastic with a lady with pink light who's making a smoochy face while she's completely blown out in the camera which I guess mm -hmm. makes your skin, skin look shinier. It, it's got a weird overlay that you could say is plastic. Um, also, she's in her underwear, which probably gets her more more hits. That's a cynical thing of me to say. Anyway, it's also overlaid with like really loud, sparky techno, which yeah. prompts Casey's dad to stomp up the stairs and shout at her uh, for making noise at three in the fucking morning, which, you know what? Reasonable. Oh, he doesn't come up the stairs. <laughs> he doesn't come up the stairs. Also... Neither proves nor disproves that he's an abusive asshole, because if I was woken up at three in the morning by my daughter's loud techno, I'd be mad too. You know what? It's it's ambiguous. We're not supposed to know. We're not, we're not supposed to know. How's this? It's not a good relationship. Doesn't seem like a great relationship because she doesn't. But again, also, 14-year-old girl, no mom around. Maybe, maybe she just doesn't want to be around her dad doesn't mean he's doing anything wrong like maybe he's really maybe he just tells too many dad jokes when he's not been woken up at three in the morning yeah no maybe he just wants to talk to her about how school was and she doesn't want to he also seems to work 23 hours a day yeah this yeah. I, i'm firmly in the asshole camp this guy comes home late he's tired mm -hmm. he just wants to do his food or beer or whatever to be fair he came home late his daughter didn't come up to see her so that's neglectful at the very mm -hmm. least so we also can't tell what case he thinks of the videos being watched like good bad quality yeah. not what why are we watching these videos we don't know yeah. watches them with watches them with no expression on her face whatsoever Get used to not knowing what Casey's thinking. <laughs> really, really embrace that because you're just not going to know. Mm -hmm. It's And it's neat, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. It's neat mm -hmm. to have a lead character where you have almost zero concept of their inner life at mm -hmm. all. To act that is astonishing. And this kid deserves a pillowcase of awards because it's astonishing to play kind of like sallow and dead-eyed and unemotional and still convey a full range of emotions. It's a good goddamn performance. It really is. Now, now we see Casey, uh, she's in the sparse woods. I don't even know if I'd call these woods. It's more like a copse, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, it's it's a bunch of it's a bunch of winter trees with nothing to recommend them. We got a bunch of aspens. There's a big cottonwood with a couple hammock swings. They're, they're trees that don't look nice in the winter is what they are. Casey brings out a tripod and camera and then sets it up and starts recording while she's real teeny tiny in frame. Just way <laughs> off in the corner. In a nice little comfortable <laughs> hammock chair that looked, that looked real cozy. Possibly one of the only examples of coziness in this film. It's just like, oh, that's a nice, that's a nice hammock chair. Mm -hmm. She starts hanging out and doing her thing. So she's recording a video about 
her symptoms. Uh, she's talking about how she used to have nightmares as a kid and it was like paranormal activity and she's not even lying with you, which is an interesting way of phrasing that sentence that I had not encountered before. And I wonder if it's regional, but I don't know, I guess like tell me on Twitter or something anyway. But she was like, it, she says it was like she was watching herself, but she wasn't in control but she was aware of her actions. And now she's starting to feel like that because she watched the video and she doesn't even feel the cold. anymore. And she's still stressed about sleeping. This part was one of the higher impact moments in the movie for me because the young age depression with just the whole swath of dissociation going on was, was huge. Feeling frustrated and like you don't have an outlet and confused mm -hmm. is is present in that uh i think she also says that when she'd have trouble sleeping she used to imagine specifically scary things yeah to, yeah. to comfort herself mm -hmm. she is this where she talks about how she likes horror movies and this is the way that she feels yes. like she could be in a horror movie and that's the thing it's definitely not a horror movie but it is definitely about it's about horror mm -hmm. oh for sure it's about why people like horror why people participate in it horror fan culture how they live mm -hmm. it's but more than that it's about the dream that anything interesting would ever happen to you and mm -hmm. that speaks to Oof. there's like i said not a lot in this movie that necessarily a to a speaks to my childhood when i grew up in the 18 fucking 70s but like <laughs> that idea that it's just like you don't have suicidal ideation but if a car crashed into you or blew up your house or if a plane crashed into your school at least that was fucking something at least something interesting happened that day. So I like this idea that this kid told herself scary stories to fall asleep because even though she was scaring herself, at least it was feeling a thing. Yes. Always assuming that this is not just performance. Dude, where do you stand on that, Anna? Uh, to be honest, to be honest, it's ambiguous. I just feel like I want to point it out every so often yeah. because, because it's very easy to take what she says as being truth and it's you know it could be all a performance it could be some truth some lie it could be mostly truth we don't know i certainly get the impression i'm i'm open to the idea that this is all like all of her videos are absolutely performance and the possibility that maybe she does have friends and a fun life and this is just how she's portraying her creepy pasta character or maybe not a fun life but she has that she actually does have a life that we aren't seeing where things are not like as dreary as possible it's possible i'm just saying it's a possibility it is possible if the whole thing were through the pov of her camera her phone and her computer i'd be more inclined to agree with you but we definitely get shots of this kid that only our filmmaker is yeah. is filming and it doesn't if there is a rich fulfilling life the filmmaker has made the decision not oh, to yeah. show it to mm -hmm. us well but we also see, only see her, in, like even from the the filmmaker's perspective, we only see her in some really specific context from like a third person point of view, if you will. Like we see her basically almost like on her way to her house out in the middle of nowhere, presumably coming back from school, which maybe just nobody wanted to walk walk with her was going that way. Like I'm just saying that we don't 
actually see her in any situations where we would expect her to be socializing or possibly but not right we don't see her in school we don't see her at a mall or anything we only see her in situations where it's plausible that she might be isolated and a lot of them are from her perspective like when she's like at mm -hmm. new year's or whatever where she's filming things for a per for a purpose so ostensibly wouldn't want anybody else around being in the video with her at that time i don't know that that's true or not i'm saying that there's room in the film for that to be true Totally. Mm -hmm. And I just, and I find that really intriguing. Yes. My firm belief is that the moment a person knows they're being recorded, they are in performance mode and yeah. it affects their behavior. And there may still be room for truth there, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it's always tinted. And yeah. it's especially kind of frank in this next scene where she's in the attic, she's got her laptop on a chair. Mm -hmm face in the bed. Uh, she says she's going to record herself sleeping at night. Then she gets in the bed, tosses around a bit, adjusts her lighting and stuff, and then says, this is so stupid. Who's going to watch a stupid video? And mm. she gets up, grabs her coat and boots and leaves. She is absolutely aware that this is a performance thing that she's trying to do, but she's not really sure yeah. how to convey it. She also makes the decision like to fall asleep, but with her desk light, or side table light directly shining yeah. in her face. Like, it's just like- I, I couldn't sleep like that. Yeah, no, it's extremely no. staged. It's difficult to sleep and be lit. She doesn't even have a little mask on to protect her little eyeballs, <laughs> like I would. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah, it says, wake me at noon. Oh my God, you are you are such a future wine mom. This is delightful. It's true. I mean, and I, got, <laughs> and, I, and I got that a while. I got that like several years ago, and it's just like, man, it's just so strange that I turned out to be trans. I don't know how how it happened. It's just so at odds with everything about me. Uh -huh. Anyway, anyway, she puts on her her outside clothes and boots and goes goes to the barn, which is about like I don't know a two minute walk away from the house. And it's really cool because. The camera picks up and follows her from her bedroom. Yep. Like we're walking behind her is the whole way. Is this whole scene from this point like just a single shot? Because if it's not, it feels like it is. It mostly is because she walks down the stairs, walks out the doors, uh, walks up to the barn muttering something under her breath, yep. then does the padlock, opens the door, goes to the workbench, pulls out a gun case, a soft bag, mm -hmm. unzips it, looks at the weird gun that's inside for a bit and then just zips it up and packs it back away before going to uh, like a rec room with a giant pool table in it. Yeah. This is the exact moment that Chekhov's ghost arched an eyebrow. And so yeah. did I, because I was, because I still was sort of like, this is a movie. It's going to follow some movie rules. It's going to follow some writing rules. Mm -hmm. This is going to end with somebody having an extra orifice and possibly more. Jane doesn't need your writing rules. Jane's beyond that. I love being surprised. And I love being surprised by things that don't happen. Just about, mm -hmm. yes, I mean, not to go too far out of a tangent, I, it's like why I watch all the weird shit that I do. And I think to I think to an extent, I, I, I don't want to talk for anybody else here. I think for the most part, because I spent my whole life watching movies and the rest of it writing movies, I kind of know what's going to happen in movies. Mm. Like, a lot, a lot of the time. Unless they're weird or crazy or demented or just, like, not quote-unquote good. This is none of those things. This movie's fucking terrific. But I like the movie being smarter than me and being a couple steps ahead of me. So at this point, I was like, oh, it's just going gonna to be its censor. 
the only other movie I've ever watched. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be. Well, you saw Spencer once. That's true, but it's just because it rhymed and I got tricked. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. You got tricked. You went to the movie store and you're like, hey, do you have Spencer? And they were like, oh, here, it's Spencer. The movie you ordered. It's happened again. I like that Corey did the phone hand mime thing here <laughs> as if I was fucking, I'm so old, I still have Mr. Goddamn Movie Phone's number. Hello, Josh. You want Spencer. No, no, no. You you have the uh, number of the o- the only open video store in, in North America. The one from the Blockbuster TV show. So she looks at the gun, which by, which the wiki describes as a shotgun, right? And I descri- which I no. describe as a fucking assault rifle. Yeah, that's her, like, that's that's my p- impression too. Unless it's one of those combat shotguns, maybe. I don't know. It's got like a clip and a weird shoulder stock thing and then it's got these other attachments i think that are for straps but they're on the side facing this so they obscure what the barrel of the gun so it's it's really hard to figure out what's going on in this bag and i hope the ammunition is stored somewhere else important thing is big gun does not look like it should be legal to purchase but this is the united states so i presume it is it's also clear that she isn't discovering this for the first time oh no she just like looks at it periodically uh but she goes into the other room and turns on the projector and i'm like ah home video time uh and we (laughs) hear a woman's voice shushing and i'm like oh she's watching videos of her mom because there's no mom but no it's actually it's actually a real asmr video of a lady that tries to shush you back to sleep after you have a nightmare by waving her fingernails at the camera (laughs) and and talking to you in asmr (laughs) there was a split second because it shot so up close and hazy that i was Mm. like did Casey record this video for herself oh, with God. like with like crazy fingernails and a different hairdo and uh, and a little blush or whatever? Like, did she do this as a as a very elaborate self soothing soothing technique? Wow, she did she did not, mm. but. It is a testament to what an open goddamn weird book Casey is that I wouldn't put it past her, right? Yeah, no, I could see it. I wouldn't put it past that she has an altar. Like it's like, uh, but it's but it is not. It is a it is a different. Did you mean closed book? What Who? did you mean closed book instead of open book? A blank. A, I, what I actually meant was neither. I meant like a blank page. Oh, okay. An open book with blank pages. That that's an old American phrase, you guys. North is a good old U.S. phrase. So after the squid appears, the pages are blank. <laughs> right. Got it. Right. Okay. Hey, didn't we agree never to talk about sphere again? I don't know what you're talking about. Never heard of it. <laughs> Remember, we were all holding hands. Anyway, oh, I don't want to do sphere callbacks. So anyway, Casey watches this comforting video uh, to help sphere. her fall asleep. And then the player autoplays. And it's the worst fucking thing in the world because it's a creepy video of Casey. A still image of Casey looking at her computer, except it becomes progressively creepier and more distorted. And the eyes get black and stuff. And then it. And there's creepy noises in the background. It's an evil laugh. There's an evil. It's like it's like a it's like a Halloween ambience tape. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Ambiance tape. There we go. It's interspersed with uh, flashing screens that say in caps, "You are in trouble. I need to talk to you." And that's not the sort of thing that I think anybody wants to see. Uh, in the middle of the night when they can't sleep. (laughs) Yeah, but it lingers on screen for quite a while because we do the slowest fade on the planet to daytime outside. Well, and Casey walks up to it and she's like, she's like basically like 
in front of the projector now staring at this and then yes it crossfades very slowly to like a sort of a woods thing i don't even know what to call these because they're not woods but they're they've got trees you got you, you all just gotta take my the tri-state area is lousy with this shit where somebody where it was like it johnny fucking half-ass seed sometime <laughs> in the 1800s <laughs> Right, <laughs> like yeah. was just like, uh, uh, here's there's a handful of seeds, here's some tree. I'm it's too, I need it's too cold or hot or something. It's too cold or hot or something. I'm done. It's just we just have a lot of fields that have like eight trees and then <laughs> nothing, and oh. I don't know. And it's just it's desolate. It's absolutely in winter. Look, it looks nice. In spring, the fall sure. looks nice. Sure winter. Winter in the tri-state area, not New England. New England's got some, but tri-state, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey. It's, it's ugly. It's ugly. Perfect for this film. Eventually, it finishes crossfading, and then it uh, overlays dialogue, um, and we cut to Casey, who's sitting in her dining area, watching a video on her phone uh, from JLB, who is the person who sent her this lovely video um and it's an intro about his channel and how it's in game only and don't message unless you want to be scared together and then we hear the worst noise on the planet the skype ringtone boop 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 boop, boop, boop. you know what that's what jen said too she said she said it gave her it like triggered her from a year where she a couple of years where she had to use skype a lot it is a testament to how completely and thoroughly uh zoom eight <laughs> Not only ate Skype's lunch, but took its lunch money and like <laughs> kicked and kicked him out of the cafeteria. I, because I have, because I'm an old man with the memory of Dory, I was like, oh my God, that sounds so, so familiar. How do I know that sound? And then I saw the <laughs> S logo and I was like, Spork? Snork? Stork? <laughs> I know this. I know this interface. What is it? By the way, this is the worst Skype advertisement ever because they use they use that logo, which means that somebody paid Skype. And I'm sure Skype was just I, I imagine Johnny Skype being like the spin art guy in that episode of The Simpsons or like whatever. Oh, like, it's just like every, oh yeah, that's it. Yes. And it's just like everybody used to love it and now nobody. I'm sure when when they called Dr. Skype and was like, hey, we want to use Skype in our movie, they were like, oh my God, thank you. He's like, how thank much you. do we have to pay you for this privilege? And they're like, you're not gonna use it on a Macintosh, right? Right? Oh, never. <laughs> Never. Only only assholes use Macintoshes. We don't use did a you... Macintosh in order to do character character development. Did you just do the the Skywalker Padma meme? That's yes. amazing, Corey. That's I can see their dumb little faces. <laughs> oh yeah, nice memes. Meme talking about memes. That's mm -hmm. our new podcast describing memes. Anyway, talking about memes with Josh and Corey and Anna. Hey, we never introduced ourselves in this episode. I guess. Oops. I'm, I'm Anna. Hi. I'm Josh. We're talking about this movie. I'm, I'm Corey. I've been using Skype since they ate MSN Messenger, and I'm still mad about it. And Anna's the only person I Skype now. I'm the same. You're the only two people left on it, right? Yeah. That's it. It's you and the two characters in this movie. Anyway, so Casey uh, video chats with JLB, and she... Uh, is showing her video and his video is just his 
uh, creepy Crypt Keeper line drawing guy uh, in the middle of the screen. Um, and he talks with a gross Darth Vader inhale thing between sentences, like a real wet... I can't even do it, but it's really gross. And we we in the audience understand very, very quickly that uh, although he is using his... Uh, something that it looks like you would draw on your like notebook when you're bored and trig, <laughs> yep. like, it's good... But it's not that good. Like it's nope. still like it's 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 board and trigonometry horror drawing. Yep. But we can tell from his voice that this is a full grown adult man. Oh, mm-hmm. certainly. This is a this is a adult man human, and hopefully an adult man human who is who is doing this particular voice and breathing thing as character and not because that's just how he is. Although he's still awful uh, because he proceeds to mansplain the world's fair to Casey. Uh, and explain it to her, despite the fact that she is participating and clearly knows what it is, but he doesn't think she knows as much as he does, and claims that it manifests her deepest dream, uh, your deepest dreams and your worst feelings, and that's what generates the change in you. Because he's he's the lore keeper, you know? Yeah, Just... yeah he's the lore slash gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. Now I want to ask you two questions. Have you two had to deal with a jamoke like this? Yes. I've seen jamokes like this. They have not, for, fortunately not turned their attention towards me. Corey, have you, is there, what's, a, is there an example of some type that, a man, a mansplain, obviously you have been mansplained too. Uh, you're on Thank a podcast you. with me. Thank you. Um, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but is it? This specific kind of guarding of the lore, I guess, is the question. Like. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I have to buy some Warhammer figures. So two days ago, I had to talk to a man at a Warhammer <gasps> store. Oh, no. I'm you so didn't sorry. even have to go back to your childhood. No. Oh, no. <laughs> no, this happens frequently. What are you talking about? No, I'm not. I understand. <laughs> I was more curious if there was like an example from your child. But of course, it happened two days ago, too. Corey is a female presenting human being. I don't know why I keep saying shit like Thank that. Thank you. Thank you. Corey's a lady. Oh, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! She's a lady. Except in the SCA, I'm a lady ship. Right. That's another another avenue for for mans go. to explain <laughs> things. Would be like, I'm entering the archery tournament, and there's the man's explaining archery to me. So do you know yep. what a bow is? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, my point being that Corey's a lady who is also a, a geek, and so who would like to participate in geek spaces, and thus was, has probably been mansplained to once at least once a week for like the entirety of her life since probably junior high at best. Totally. A thing that I completely understand. So that, and that wasn't exactly the question. I was just, I was just curious if there was a specific sort of lore internet explanation that she had to run. Yes. Although I've now transplained Corey's life, which is probably yep. also mm-hmm. rude. Mm-hmm. Did you just say transplant? Yep. I sure did. Oh, uh, there's a phrase I can never use, but I'm glad it exists. I mean, I don't know if it does or not. I just, I was just like, well, what am I supposed to say now? I do. I suddenly realized that what I did was I jumped in and explained Corey's life for her, and that wasn't cool. And I'm sorry. Hey, everyone! Welcome to a complete cul-de-sac that I created. I apologize. <laughs> farewell, uh, farewell. The last ten minutes of this conversation. All right. So Casey and JLB are talking. Casey's on webcam. JLB isn't. The frame rate's low. The voices are tinny, and the movie decides to change perspective. Mm-hmm. So we are now JLB watching Casey interact during this call, and uh, JLB wants to help, but wants to know if you know Casey's in it for the the long term. Wants to know if Casey's telling the truth about you know the not feeling the cold or things like that. 
and uh you know the video changes people so you keep making videos so i know you're okay you have to promise promise they're not making this up for a guy who behaves the way he does later in this film, this is this is just chef's kiss in a sarcastic way. Thank you for saying it was sarcastic. I'm, glad, I'm sure we were all for a second like, wow, oh, Anna's really got this guy's back. <laughs> and I respect that. No. He's bad and he lives in a very nice house. He yeah. looks like Moby if he had a wasting disease. The call finishes... We're looking at his desktop, and then we pull out to see him. He's an older, baldy man with a argyle pattern pullover, and there's doodles of scary faces all over the place around his, his bedroom office. Weird dolls. There's lots of clown dolls. He does not seem like somebody who should be talking to 14-year-old girls on the internet. Mm -hmm. But later we see him lying on his bed watching his own screen uh, of Tetris Guy talking about... You know, the dream he had about Stitch Plushie and he dreamed about like hugging it and taking care of it and living with it forever. And he wanted to win it, which I guess is like a um, you go to the arcade, and you get tokens. Yeah, like a ski ball thing or like something. Like a ski ball thing. And then he talks about how his arm stuff appeared and he's got like on his inner arm, there's some some grody stuff and the camera gets in real close. It's like gross oatmeal. As he as he picks at it. And he's just like, what's going on here? What's going oh. on? <laughs> he turns into Edith Bunker. Yeah. He really does that. Archie, there's oh, nerds on? on my arm. It is like oatmeal and nerds. Yeah. And it is just disquieting and yicky enough. And in the back of your mind is the person watching. I, I, I was like, oh, this is... This is damn effective on a very low budget, and I am squicked the fuck out. Mm -hmm. It's like when uh, Homer and Bart uh, were faking leprosy. At this point, I'm buying in, and I'm like, okay, this is a movie about a spook. This is fucking fear.com, and <laughs> it's, a, you know, and spooky shit happens, except good. What are you talking about? Fear.com is great. It's my favorite internet horror movie, except for the Buster Rhymes Michael Myers. Um, <laughs> the two best internet Yowza. horror movies of all time. He was looks like he was into computers, this guy. Anyway. And then he starts scratching at it and doing this ungodly screeching and then reaches in and pulls out a a, a bunch of tickets like you would win in a skee-ball machine. Have you ever at the arcade tried to force more out of the machine? Oh yeah, of course. Where you like pull slowly. That's the sound the movie is yeah. making at this point. <laughs> it's just like yeah. the ticket dispenser. You can feel just, it. It's like you earned five. And it's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. But that oh, was yeah. the point where I went, fake mistake -o. This movie does not have spookies and gerblins in it, <laughs> yeah. unless it's gonna do unless it's gonna do a quadruple reverso <laughs> on us at the end. Like this is, oh no, this is literally this is just kids trying to freak each other yeah. the fuck out for clicks and likes and fun and profit. Mm -hmm. That that's absolutely the scene where I was like, okay, I was pretty sure, and now I'm hundred percent sure. That's not all we see. Then no. we go to the next thing, which is like a web series. Uh, next is gameplay of yes. the little pixel arty oh, right, right, road right, right. Yeah. roaming. It looks like there's like a little typing challenge where you have to type mm -hmm. in, I want to go to the World's Fair before time runs out. And it says it's from 1994, but of course, we don't know. It's not from 1994. Some kid made it last week. An interesting thing about it is that 
the typing challenge, like like doing the World's Fair challenge, is you have to type it three times in increasingly at an increasingly fast speed, and it cuts out before we see whether the person who recorded the footage was able to do it the third time or not. Then we autoplay to the drama. Yes, Dark Signal episode eight. It's like. I did the World's Fair challenge, and he's sitting with his laptop on the bed in front of it, and his arms come out and pull him in like the ring. Yeah, it's basically like it's basically like an X Files level quality. It's great. I love, I love it. It's the only thing that looks anything like this in the entire film, and it's a delight. If if the director, writer, editor, lady wanted to make the complete series of this i would watch (laughs) i would watch every goddamn episode in fact i'm just gonna say it you want me to guess right an episode of dark signal i will guess right an episode of dark signal i'm putting that on the table right now (laughs) Uh, then the most exciting part of the film happens for me anyway because the whole time i've been like there's a youtuber that I follow on Twitter named May Leeds, uh, also known as Nick Spheres. And I was like, is this the movie that I remember her saying she had a little part in? And I was, I kept going back and forth and thinking maybe I'd just, I'd just mistaken it. And then she pops up with her little wings and I was like, oh, May! Yeah, the video is titled <laughs> Demon Wings and she's just sitting there making a creepy face in front of the camera and <laughs> I'm like, 40 seconds. what? What is the point of this video? And I was like, oh, she's saying she grew the wings. Yeah. But mostly I was like, hey, it's May. That's why Anna wanted to watch this movie. I mean, that is part of why Anna wanted to watch this movie. It's not, that's not incorrect. (laughs) I I mean, I heart May. (laughs) I'm not familiar with her deal. What does she do? Uh, She is a trans woman who does uh, really interesting deep dive videos about horror and like really disgusting (gasps) movies and stuff. You'd love it. I would love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it right now, unabashedly. That's fantastic. I'm going to watch her shit. That's she great. has a bunch of videos about just like disturbing videos that nobody should watch, but that she's watched. So she'll tell you about them so you don't have to. It's great. Oh, that's fantastic. I really like her channel. And someday when my copy of her book, Fluids, arrives, I will read it and become horribly disturbed as I was meant to. I mean, you had me at fluids. Um, <laughs> I Because I did not know who this young woman was, to me, I was just like, this is another person in the movie, and she sits still for so long, about 40 seconds, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that with this sort of fixed, I didn't see it as a creepy face, it was more no. of like a cat got the canary kind of face. But no. I, Yeah, that's creepy. <laughs> that's, not, that's not creepy, that's just smug. It's just May's face. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> if, sm- if, sm- if smug is creepy, then everybody in Los Angeles is a creepy motherfucker. Oh, shit. I just figured <laughs> did it you out. Fig- um, did you figure it out? But I was a guy. So there was part of me. I guess y'all weren't expecting it because you were just like, yeah, it's May. We love her. Uh, <laughs> I was expecting like at any minute, like her face was going to devil's advocate or like it was going to go. Boom. Oh, that was always a possibility. I was just excited to see her. regardless. Mm-hmm. Yes. There, this whole movie, literally at any second, I was expecting like somebody to just pull out a straight razor and cut open their face or bugs to be there for no reason or just like any kind of those like, you know, I was waiting for, I was waiting for jump scares. Yes. Oh, this movie has not a jump scare. It has maybe, it has potentially one jump scare, depending on how jumpy you might be. Yeah, it was maybe an eek scare. But like, again, there's a lot of language of horror movies that this movie talks about and matriculates Mm -hmm. on and dances around, but doesn't do. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that. 
Well, this movie isn't trying to be scary, I don't think. It's trying to be unsettling. Yeah. It is trying to be yes. unsettling. It succeeds in being enormously unsettling. And mm-hmm. I think part of that is that sort of like, when's the other shoe going to drop? When's a knife going to come out? When's mm-hmm. a bug going to come out of somebody's mouth? Mm-hmm. When? Mm-hmm. And it never fucking does. So speaking of fluids, it's time for JLB's Midnight Microwave Milk Snack. Can we talk about how he fucking microwaves his milk, please? I've done that. No, no, no. It's not the fact that he's microwaving his milk. It's the fact that he put his milk not dead center on the turntable. So it's making a little circle. And it's just like so anathema to how I live my life. What else are you supposed to watch while the microwave's going? You don't. You go, you, you look at Twitter or something or get, you know, get your toast ready or what have you. You do this in a mug, good sir. <laughs> With like nutmeg or sugar or something. Oh, yeah. Or not. I look, you want to drink a warm milk, you drink a warm milk. Uh, you know, people have been doing a time immemorial, but like, you don't just reach in and grab. And to that point, so it's like not even warm milk. He's just like room temperaturing it. <laughs> Also, there's very little in this world that I want to drink less than a glass of milk, regardless of temperature. Maybe when it's cookie time. Not even. Visceral disgust, not unlike string cheese. Pause the fucking podcast. (laughs) Oh my god. Is this my worst hot take? No, I'm not saying milk is bad. I'm just saying I personally dislike it. No, I don't. I don't drink. It's not like after a nice walk, I come home and pour myself a big cuppa. No, nobody, nobody wants to drink a big glass of milk unless you're in a fucking breakfast cereal commercial or some shit. But there are times when milk is applicable. And it's when it's two o'clock in the morning and you've eaten all of the salty snacks in the house and you need to Zamboni your mouth, but you don't want to brush your teeth because you might eat more. So what you want to do is you want to just sort of milk it away, you know, to just leave like a neutral playing space. <laughs> That's here's the, okay. So here's the thing. We all that, do this, right? No. Um, no. When, I, when I was a kid, my wonderful blessed saint of a mother would frequently make us meals that were like chicken and corn and rice and a big glass of milk. And it was just so much like white pale that like the idea of drinking milk now ch- turns my stomach like by itself i'll have it on cereal and stuff but i can't I, I will not have it by itself regardless of what's happening in my mouth what do you dip cookies in i don't i just eat them without dipping them cookies are fine on their own guys you have two options milk and coffee no i don't drink coffee either you're learning a lot about me and i feel like i feel like all, and all the most interesting stuff too yeah <laughs> you want a list of things that it doesn't put in her body because it's like save it for save it for the patreon patreon whatever <laughs> All right. So JLB takes his tall glass of lukewarm milk and sits on the couch (laughs) and sketches some more warped faces. Uh, And then he sits at his desk in his bedroom monologuing over a Casey video. So he has a really like we'll see eventually how extensively huge this mansion basically is. It's basically a mansion, I'd say. It's got way too many rooms. At the very least, you would shoot a lifetime movie in it. Like oh, it's not a it's it's not a it's not necessarily a mansion. It's not necessarily it's and it's not a house. It's nope. that sort of in betweeny. I don't know. When I think of mansion, I think of Richie Rich. It's just a big, okay. nice house. He, he walks through it at, at a certain point, and it's like there just keep being more rooms. 
like mm -hmm. an improbable number of rooms and we see it from the outside it is very large but anyway mansion or no he's got this huge very nicely appointed living space that he could be in any part of but he holds up in his like tiny kind of a shithole of a bedroom that looks like you know it's basically like a teenager's room yeah it looks like a kid's room like he grew up yeah. in this room on that bed yeah on that yeah. bed and he just like he's like i would like to be in the smallest room of the house as much as possible please i bet his bathroom's even bigger than this room for all three of them anyway the activity that he's doing <laughs> i don't know if that's something you want to chromecast on the old 70 inch he's watching casey sleep I mean, some people definitely would have Chromecast that on a inch. Yeah, hundred hundred p, but not not our fella. And speaking of jump scares, this was just like because this guy is so creepy, and we don't we don't know what JLB's end game is. We have ideas, we have concepts, we have theories, we have things that we can look at the world around us and go probs. Uh, but he's watching he's watching Casey sleep, and I was just like. Please, 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 please. Hands, hands, hands at nine and three. I don't. Yeah, yeah I need to see both hands, streamer. Uh... Sir. <laughs> but thank God he is watching her out of big air quotes concern. Well, at least he's mm -hmm. watching a video she's uploaded herself instead of having somehow like hacked her webcam. Yeah. We learned that Casey has Casey's cracked the code on filming herself sleeping <laughs> if she is in fact sleeping. Right. Which she probably isn't. I mean it's like nine hours long. It's it's impressive, whatever it is. Wait, wait, wait. This is the part where I think she's actually sleeping and you guys think she's performing. How does this happen? Yes. Who's whomst whomst to, to know? It's <laughs> true. Part of, I mean, certainly for the one bit we're about to see. That's a bit uh, because he's watching it and she very slowly drapes her hand out of the bed and then looks at the camera and makes a and makes there's no other way to say it kind of makes the you mad face kind of makes the troll mask face. That's true. Like it would be it would be scary, I guess, if it wasn't such a hey, <laughs> like it's a real and it's not even a jump scare. It's not like it goes. Oh, no, no, it's just. Full commitment to opening your eyes as wide as possible and smiling as big as possible. The opposite yeah. of jumping. It's a sit scare. Uh-huh. And JLB's is like, oh, wow, it's just like paranormal activity. Keep making videos, man. Well, I mean, he's using her own language at her, which is gross. It's not even just gross. It's just hugely transparent. So then we get a long sequence of videos that Casey has filmed and uploaded, um, including arguably the best scene in the movie. The losing control of myself video, mm -hmm. which auto plays, which auto plays. Yep. And she's uh, she's looking real peppy. She's looking happy. She's going to do a dance to uh, a song that she likes called Love in Winter. She sings along. She's doing a nice peppy Internet dance. Seems like she's having a good time. Um, nothing weird happens during it at all. Uh, exactly like the ending of Censor. <laughs> uh, and then she and it's uh it's on one hand, it's like the one time in the movie that you see her quote unquote acting like a teenage kid. She's dancing, she's singing along to a song, but it's like it, it is still creepy and dread tinged. Oh, it's awful. It's honestly almost a relief when she just starts screaming for a few seconds. And that's what happens. She screams and screams. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's basically a cringe performance. 
I would be hard pressed to do a better parody of like a young girl doing so, doing something and upload that she's going to upload that is going to be cringy and get her teased at school than this. Mm-hmm. And let's say if one were doing a trans reading of this movie mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she appears in the scene where their hair straightened and possibly makeup on and mm-hmm. she's dancing to a really girly upbeat, slightly romance, slightly kitty, like yep. naive thing and mm-hmm. uh, then starts screaming like it's just like uh, on the front, A-OK, inside screaming. Yeah, yeah. valid point which i had not considered that's really interesting i wonder if that i wonder if that is part and parcel with the plastic lady from the beginning of the picture Hmm. if there's something about that that like that she's drawn to the idea of femininity as a performance yeah well she's like barbifying right yeah but but why but why is casey watching that besides the computer was like here's what's next uh but there's a she gets sort of she gets hypnotized by it in a way that Mm. uh that's interesting. And there's not, there isn't a lot of gender stuff in the movie one way or the other. These are the two examples that I was able to clock mm-hmm. as a dummy. What I drew from it from a trans reading perspective was the, I like, I, I looked more at the relationship between Casey and JLB and the idea of like, all, all the people participating are trying to remake themselves in some way, right? And the idea that this is who they truly are and they're becoming that because that's how that's how the world's fair works. And so you have Casey who's trying to become, you know, trans transition, if you will, into something else. And you have JLB who's trying to stop her from doing it on some level. Uh, I'm pretty sure the world's fair is a, you die, you die at the end, right? He doesn't want her to go to the world's fair because that means she's, she's dead. Maybe I'll talk about this then when we get to the end of the film, because it, it's more, it, it, it more is more relevant at that point because that's the that's the thing I'm talking about. So I'll I'll mm. circle back to it. So then we get a tour of her school, which is a graveyard, which seems like a weird place to go to school, but you do you. That made me laugh and laugh. I was just like, <laughs> oh, that's such that yeah. is beautiful, perfect, trademark, cut, print, ship, <laughs> teenage edgelord bullshit yep. that it is like it was like I was savoring it like a fine wine. I was just like why didn't I think of this when I, besides the fact that a video camera was the size of a Yugo when I was in high school, <laughs> I was just like, oh, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love it. There's going to be a shooting at the end of this movie. <laughs> the the next video, guess where I am today, where she's just standing beside a busy yeah. road and then pans over to the auto zone is 100% like a video I've made. Yeah, that's like the real like, that's the that's the real YouTube experience. It's something that only makes sense to the person who made it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like the, a dumb idea that you had that you have the capacity to film. So you just do it. And you're like, well, this amuses me at least. I should see if my buddy Melito has uh, the video that me and another friend of ours made when we were in high school, where we went to in Connecticut, Boy, there's going to be a digression. I'll talk real fast. In Connecticut, there's a place called Holy Land, which oh, is yeah. a scale a scale representation of Bethlehem, but it effectively just looks like a, a Bethlehem-themed mini golf course. Hmm. And it's open now. It's back. Somebody oh. put money back into it. But it was just this abandoned thing. And the three of us just ran around, and we called the video Three Jews in the Holy Land. Oh. Uh, and, uh, and not a lick of it makes sense. But now I really want to watch it. I really want... There is something wonderful about being a kid with a video camera running around doing jokes for nobody. Yep. 
Did you two make cassettes of your voices and do like radio shows oh, and yeah. shit like that? Hell or yeah. was it? Heck yeah. It's yeah. Oh, childhood. Ah, oh, media. Anyway. So then there's the dumb waterfall where she talks about <laughs> someday soon she'll disappear and no one will have any idea what happened to her. Mm -hmm. Then she has a random thought, <laughs> which is that her dad has a gun in the barn and she knows where it is, even though he thinks she doesn't. This is a random thought. Something knocking around in my brain. And that video is shot like up nose, like she's walking around yeah. the camera. The other, a lot of the other videos don't have her in it. And then how was your Christmas, which is some holiday lights. And she's looking at like a, like a plywood Santa. Stop smiling. Yeah. That was another moment where I was like, some shit's going to go down. Something's going to happen. She's going to set on fire. She's got a gun. She got a nut. Nah. But then she, she points the camera at the bushes with the Christmas lights in it and then wibbles it around a lot. So there's like swirlies. I have seen that scene now three different times and every time I thought she was gonna like punch Santa over or like punch his head part off or something and that none of that ever happened that's what I meant I was waiting for the she's gonna set it on fire she's gonna fucking something yeah. something's gonna happen nope just with just wiggly lights it's around this time and it's it is funny because it comes it comes up later, although again, we can't believe the veracity of it one way or the other. It is around this time that I made the note to myself, if this kid's school had a theater program, we would have this would be this would be a non-issue. I, I I was just for a lot of the movie, I was like, Jesus Christ, this kid everybody in this movie needs some extracurricular activities. <laughs> it's the oldest I it's, I turned into old man. I was like, they need I don't even if do there sports. was a community center. These kids would be off the streets. If this kid, I was just at this point, I was like, and I look at like, I'm a fucking abundant American who sits on my couch two, four, seven. And I was like, everybody in this movie needs to go run a lap or something. They need to, they need to, sh they need to fucking shake it off. They need to put on a song and dance around and not break down screaming. They need to go do some scene study, anything, bake a pie. Jesus, kids. She seems to do a lot of walking. She gets her steps in. I will say that. <laughs> if the point of the if she was walking to the world's fair she won six times over yeah. and and she's getting like eight to nine hours of sleep every night yeah <laughs> it's good because sleep, we, now we have sleep journal six and it's fine I mean, she looks cozy until she gets out of bed and then comes back into the camera frame and just staring creepy into the frame and she's like i see you there even if you won't show your face you can't stop me and then we see that JLB is watching all these videos. So clearly a message to JLB. <laughs> that he is probably not. Well, hmm. it's hard to say what JLB is really. I mean, he's, it's definitely obviously worrying him, but I don't think he picks up everything she's putting down, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Again, it's tough to tell if he is worried and concerned or if he is, quote unquote, worried and concerned. It's true. And then he's in his living room with his with his old buddy Milk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there's a housekeeper question mark in the background with some bags. His mom? I think that's who I think that's who that is. Mm. And I we all watch the credits, I assume. She is literally credited in the credits as JLB's question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> Go back and look. <laughs> I believe you. That's tremendous. It is it is absolutely tremendous. I love this movie so much. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I mean it, it it puts the you in ambiguity. It is <laughs> a you have no fucking idea. Um 
I agree. I agree with team hashtag team Corey. I, I think I think that's his marm, and I, the reason why I think that's his marm is because I think that is literally his childhood bedroom, and I think that's why hmm. this fucking I think that's why this fucking weirdo has this beautiful goddamn house because I, I don't think it's his house. I think it will be one day. Hmm. Yep. That's not his wife. That's not his housekeeper. I don't. I, oh, I, that's definitely not his wife. There's no way. No, but it's 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 a person that he he has a relationship that they don't interact much like Casey and her dad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Anyways, he's on the toilet watching her dance video. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not weird at all. It isn't because everyone watches videos on the toilet. I mean, okay, yeah, I, I don't, but that's because in both my bathrooms, when I turn on the light, the fans go on and they're extremely loud and they are not independent of the light switch. But that's literally the only thing stopping me. So you just turn on the captions. What are you doing? Like, I want to hear the music. We are here. This is an intervention to get you to look at your phone more, Anna. Corey and I have been talking and we're very disappointed in your screen hours. You're not getting your screen time in, kid. Oh, well, I'll see what I can do. Anyway, JLV is recording another response video to Casey and we see his his whole screen and he's got all these little like equivalents of post-it notes up there um and I I, I paused and like looked at him real big um and some of the notable ones are he has one regarding active black or black hats currently playing Casey's on the list as TBD can she be saved and then also reformed slash white hats, which lists JLB and somebody named Rebecca. Uh, Rebecca's May with the demon wings. There's a oh, picture behind right. his recording video that's like some art he's <sighs> produced apparently for these people. Oh. It's like, here's a mock-up of the demon wings. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. And it also calls her, now as I recall, she is she, her name is Rebecca in the, the header for yes. that video too. Oh, neat. Okay. Hmm. So now I have a question. Is this his game? This isn't his game, no, right? Absolutely no. not. Okay. No. Okay. He's just one of those guys who likes to walk in and feel like it's his game. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Also, there's notes about possible World's Fair connections to things that aren't direct necessarily directly linked, such as QAnon and Mother Horse Eyes. Mm -hmm. And a map of the fairgrounds from the World's Fair. Yes. <laughs> uh, among other things, like uh, some notes about the video game. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff there. He also has the script for what he's reading off, which you know, okay, that I mean, that's pretty normal when you want to record something. It doesn't really mean anything, but it doesn't. It certainly doesn't lend an air of sincerity to him, regardless. Even if it on the pile, it looks bad. I think it's normal to script videos. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just honestly, it's just that I don't like him, and I'm looking for reasons not to like him. Yeah, and it doesn't, like, from his earlier Skype conversation, it doesn't sound like he uh, talks off the cuff very, very goodly. That's very true. And neither does Casey. Yeah. Casey actually says in the movie, uh, when they're having their first conversation, I don't talk to people that much. He's recording uh, a little video saying that he feels like he knows Casey and he wants to save her, and probably she should keep making videos because that's what he usually says. Uh, then we autoplay to Casey sitting on her bed. She's like, I'm going to do a tarot reading for whoever is watching this. Whoever's watching this. Definitely a legitimate tarot reading that she did not create in advance and is not directed at anyone in particular and is definitely no. not the most savage roast I have ever seen a teenage girl do to a middle-aged man who looks kind of like Moby. I don't tarot. She could have stacked the deck or not. 
And it, I can't tell if these interpretations are correct. I don't even know if she pulled the right number of cards. <laughs> she could be making, yeah, she could be making everything up. I do not. Do you, Tarawana? I used to, but I it was in high school and I don't remember any of it. Uh, I will say that she like shuffles and then it cuts to her with the cards and she she flips them down um, and often says the name the name before she's even looked at it. So my I mean my head if you will, is that she definitely like just created a spread so she could tell JLB exactly what she thinks of him. And I assume it goes right over his head. Well, you know, he's just a lonely person with anxiety yeah. and mental issues. Mm-hmm. Um, Relatable and, you know, so far. Acts like a guy who knows everything, even though he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. And who are you to tell me how to do things? This is hitting too close to home. But she's like savage. She's super savage. Not only is she savage, I'll tell you what she's not. She's not necessarily mopey or creepy. Mm-hmm. Or any or any of the dwarves. Uh, she is. Uh, I was saying before when she's doing her dance, like this is her being like a normal teenage kid. But I actually think probably the tarot scene mm-hmm. is the closest to quote unquote, a lot of quote unquote, a lot of air quotes in this movie. <laughs> this is the closest to real actual baseline Casey that we get. I think she looks a little more victorious than about to burst into tears. She's definitely like being extremely contemptuous. Teenage behavior. That's, that's their job. Like I don't, I don't want a fourteen-year-old girl doing my terror reading. I couldn't survive that. I have. I'm a sensitive girl. And then we have her New Year's Eve video where she's walking into the center of town, casually talking about killing her father in the morning, three shots in the stomach, and she'll stand there watching him bleed. And then maybe she could kill herself instead. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. The, the ball's about to drop for New Year's. Why won't you help me? And then that's the lamest ball drop I've ever seen. I'm not even sure if that's an actual ball. It might be just a circle. It was hard to tell. The old circle drop. We certainly didn't do anything like that in my town. Uh, but that that absolutely has like small New York, small New mm-hmm. Jersey town. Like, you know what it is? It's probably Jersey or it's upstate New York because it's like, ah, Manhattan thinks they're fancy pants with their big fancy <laughs> ball. We got a ball. Hey, hey, Ted. Go, go, go get that, go get that ball and put some lights on it. My <laughs> uncle's got a crane. This is going to be fucking great. Happy New Year, jerk. That's a really good Linda Belter impression. It, it goes Boston, but what can you do? Uh, yeah. And by the way, this was the point in the movie where I was like, she's not going to do any of this. No. This, right. this, this movie, this movie is not going to end in a hail of bullets. And I was like, well, I'm super happy that that's the case because uh, as someone who lives in the U.S., we get, we get a lot of things that end in a hail of bullets, uh, yeah. and it sucks ass. It sucks yeah. ass every goddamn day. Uh, so I was thankful to this motion picture for not giving me another hail of bullets. But this was the point where I was like, there are no spookies. There's going to be no pile of bodies at the end. It's going to end as it began, which is just sort of like kind of fading into the ether. It's going away. Not wrong. And nothing. And it's just going to keep on going. Now we're in the bathroom. Casey's smearing... Probably toothpaste on her face. Josh, do you have a do you have a take on whether this is toothpaste or not? Could be toothpaste, cold could be cold cream. It could be mm. again, or it could be something that she snagged from her it could be something she snagged from her school's theater department. That's it could true. be blacklight mate because we're about to have a blacklight bit. Mm. Uh and so uh so 
Or she could have just fucking ordered it off Amazon. The fact is, it's white shit on her face. She really lumps it on and mm-hmm. she puts it all over her arms and shit. And then she does like a black light spooky video. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something that I've been meaning to point out, and I'm just going to do it now because it's moderately relevant. But we've been talking a lot about JLB's house. And we talked a little bit about Casey's room. But we haven't talked about is that when the lights are fully up and you can see the whole room, it's obviously like... It, like when she films it, it kind of looks like a, a like a large sort of nice room because um, she's put all this black light stuff on it. But when you really see it, it's fairly small and a lot of it is taken up with storage. Like it's basically yeah. like an attic room yeah. that she's gotten about, you know, three quarters of for herself um, and has tried to make look nice. But it's not it's nowhere near as nice as it as it looked initially. Look, they got their bad sides. There's not when you're a teenager. There is nothing like an attic or a basement bedroom. I had an attic bedroom. My best friend, uh, Dave Melito, uh, he had a basement bedroom. Mm-hmm. Fuck, man. Like, that's just, nobody nobody bugs you for days. Dave and I spent legit multiple days just watching crazy VHS tapes and giggling and fucking, uh, you know, and it was great. Not fucking. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well. No. I mean, up to you. Yeah, exactly. Who knows? Maybe in my in my slash fic. Uh, but but no, and just fucking and just having a ball, and nobody nobody gave a shit. You know why? Because you go in the basement or the attic, mm-hmm. and it's just like people forget you exist. Yep. It's heaven. I lived in the basement from about the age of thirteen. Oh, in two like, separate in two separate houses. My parents actually built me a room in the basement, like walled off part of the ba- part of the like large basement room like the open space to, for a room for me, uh, which as it turned out, I found out many, many years later was because I was em- entering puberty and they felt like it was really great if I wasn't on the same floor as everybody else. <laughs> hey, that's great. Temperature and climate control can be a little challenging, uh, especially especially during a tri-state area, winter or summer. Uh, it, you could actually you could actually see humidity in my bedroom <laughs> when I was a kid. Oh. It was bad. But it's, yeah, it's like, look, She's crammed in the attic. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and say, probably by choice. I don't think her dad was like, take the, I think she was like, I think she made it a project. Oh, sure. I think she had an, I think she had an argument with her dad one too many times. and was like, I'm going to go fucking live in the attic. Yeah. Jen was, um, this is actually Jen's observation, so I should credit her for it. But she was saying that at first she thought this was like a really nice big room and she was probably living in like a nice house. And then once we saw more of the room, she realized that it was, it was a small attic room, which is, which is, as you said, like has its advantages, but she's not living in like a really fancy place or anything. I mean, they do have that barn though. That is huge. That, has a, that is huge. It looks solidly like middle class. I don't know what the middle class in small town America actually looks like. So, well, I'd, I'd say this the attic bedroom would be sure. the size of a master bedroom in a modern All right. no, construction. That's it's it, honestly, it's the fact that it's also being used for storage at the same time that makes it feel like it's not entirely her space. But right now, that's not a problem because all the lights are off. <laughs> somebody's home and they got a black light, and goddamn it, they know how to use it. Uh, she is corpse painted up to beat the band. Like, thank God there was not. Thank God, black metal and death metal is great music. If that is your thing, it's not my thing. But she's definitely corpse painted the fuck up mm-hmm. to for maximum scary and terror. And she's put a little on her little guy. She got a little guy named Poe, her little ringtail lemur f- friend. Uh, and there's like a little on his face. It's mm-hmm. kind of adorable. And I was sitting there with my arms crossed because 
Kayla and I have a fair amount of stuffed animals for two people who are adults <laughs> and don't have children. You they do. all have their own voices. And I was glad they were in the other room because Gwenny Bear especially would be furious. The fuck is this shit? What is this? What's she doing to Poe? But anyway, so she's like, this is Poe. I love you. And she is like, she is laying on the creepy kid act as thick as the toothpaste on her face. Yeah, she's got real creepy posturing, just kind of standing awkwardly with her head tilted. She's like, I've had this since I was five hours old. I got it because I don't sleep good at night. I have nightmares if I don't have this. This is my comfort animal blanket stuffed animal. Yeah, I think she bought it specifically to do the World's Fair Challenge, but that's just my impression. I don't because she wore it outside when she went to watch ASMR in the barn. Who doesn't want to have a cute ringtail lemur? plushy with them when they go to the barn even if they're going to just even if they intend to destroy it later show that they're changing so my, this is i uh, know let's talk about this because this is the linchpin of this movie <laughs> lemur gate okay all right <laughs> so she's on a youtube account called casey world fair right so this whole thing was sort of somewhat planned yes. to take place during during the world's fair challenge yes but the tenderness with which she treats poe off camera in non-performative moments. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, okay. Either of us could. Either of us could be right. All we know is that she rips it to shreds and stomps on it. Yeah. Here's the thing. She tears that guy up, and I'm coming for her. I'm gonna fuck her up. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. <laughs> this is funny. That's why um, I like to anyways, think that. Okay. Okay. What? What if she got another lemur to? Tara. A stunt lemur? Bring in the stunt lemur. <laughs> yeah, like a stunt lemur. <laughs> I don't know. Look, I just, I think, you know what it is? I want I wanted to take any opportunity to believe that she did not destroy her childhood stuffy to do the World's Fair Challenge because that's really sad. And maybe it is really sad. I just, I want to not believe that. I think, I think she did because I think that's how she knew she was going to get the realist performance out of herself. She tears it the fuck up. Uh, which I don't, I just don't like seeing that. It makes some great ripping noises. And then she does a thing that's not really necessary when a thing doesn't have a ton of mass or density. She stomps <laughs> on it 92 Baglock thousand times. And I really thought that we were going to get, I thought this was going to be like, oh, this is where the dad is going to be like, shut the fuck up. Right? Or he's going to kick the door, kick the door in like my dad would or like whatever. And just like, and this would be, and this would, and this was going to break bad. Nothing. Yeah. She nothing, gets a little nothing. winded oh. and then she decides to go down the stairs and she's gone for a very long time. And this is definitely one of the moments in the movie where yeah. you have no idea what could happen next. During the scene, she does the the uh, poster shot where she gets right up in the camera and holds Poe's disem disenlemered eye in front of her own eye and looks all green and creepy. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was like, "That's some quality spooky kid. Mm -hmm. Good work." Mm -hmm. And then she comes back up the stairs and turns the light on and and sees Poe. And uh, then we mostly just get her laying on the floor holding all of the disparate pieces of her stuffed animal friend and his insides and mm. uh yeah. she knows how it's gonna end she's gonna go inside the video inside the computer yeah and what's 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 really interesting about the the shot of her lying on the ground on the floor doing this is that a all of the lights are on in her room which ha which hasn't been true for the rest of the shots either they've been it's just been the black light or it's been the black light and the light in the back 
Now she's like fully lit. So there's no black light effect effect whatsoever. And it's a third person shot. And it's like maybe one of the crispest shots in the film. Yeah. Yep. I've seen takes where people say that like the images get more and more distorted as the film goes on. And I don't really find that to be largely true. Even her videos are more or less like roughly at the same quality. I don't, if anything, there's like maybe more variety in the, the quality of the, the shots and the videos than anything. I mean this in the best possible way. There is no whiz bang kapow in this cinematography or in this camera work. There is nothing there. There's no, there's no quick cuts. There's no crazy angles there. I mean, there are crazy angles when she's holding the camera funny, mm. but the, it is, it's not quite cinema verite because obviously there is a script and there are points that they're hitting in the narrative, but like, I would describe the camera work and the directing style as dispassionate. Yeah, like someone left a camera running and the stuff is happening around it. It is dispassionate in the most thoughtful, thought-provoking, mindful mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. It is, it's a clean take of fucked up emotional stuff. And she, the director, just, she allows it to happen and doesn't feel the need to plus it, which is like rare. Yeah. That's rare that you're so that she's so confident in her work that she gives us almost nothing but the work. Mm -hmm. It's a hell of a debut. Jesus. Yeah, it's absolutely intentional. It's certainly I I refuse to believe it's from a lack of ability like that's impossible. Mm. There's no way. Oh, it's not. It's absolutely not. Every second of this movie, I believe it was storyboarded. I believe mm. it was, I believe there are a million index cards on a board. So whatever, whatever her workflow is, this is planned down to the nanosecond and yet doesn't look like it because it's a movie about people who plan things to the nanosecond and then try and present it as real life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's fucking awesome. Casey and JLB are on Skype again. Casey's like, I don't even know if the World's Fair video is real. Like, come on. Well, she's talking about strange loop theory. Like she's, it was just basically like that matrix thing where it's like, what if we're in a simulation? effectively and she's like maybe the world isn't even real and he's like karam could be trying to trap you in the fairgrounds by thinking this and i was like you know like, okay yeah karam came up during that earlier drama thing with the ring video and he's yeah. got like a little stack of notes of like story yeah. hooks yeah trail trailheads but it's like so he, this is the scene where it really feels like JLB doesn't is trying to stop her from telling her story and wants to take control of it because like obviously she's not interested in Karam stuff like that's not what she's doing and he's like he's like it's like stop trying to make Karam happen like but she's like continuing to like be like this is the this is the story I'm telling this is my narrative and like ignoring his like trailhead attempts and whatnot and she's like how long do you think I have how long until I do it and right. then then JLB breaks He's like, whoa, 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 out of character for a minute. Let's talk out of game. You know, this is like just an MMO, right? Like, it's a game, right? We're just making stories up. Uh, I'm worried about you, but it's just a horror game. And she and he uses like jargon that she obviously doesn't know, which is like he doesn't he's not he's not trying to communicate with her. He's trying to tell her stuff. Well, the worst thing he does is like, when I was in high school, I had stupid thoughts in my head. That's what breaks yeah. her. 
that's what that's what causes her to completely break character <laughs> and she's yep. like and he's like i'm just really worried about you and i've thought about reporting your videos or calling the cops and she's like there's just videos what's wrong with you and he's like casey that's not even my name and she hangs up on him mm -hmm. which is just like which is so great because it just really ties in to the whole absolutely moderated content of her of what she presents and what she's presenting to us and it just really hammers it home mm -hmm. and we get the dot 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 of typing messages yeah casey's like don't ever call me again pedophile yeah which is you know maybe a fair cop but so this try this is this is where i wanted to circle back to where i was talking about how casey is even if even if for play, she's transforming herself within the context of the game in a way that she wants to. And JLB is not accepting her agency to do this, is trying to get her to do it a different way. And to the point where he's like, I think you're in danger. I don't think you're even playing anymore. I don't think you should be doing this because he thinks he knows better than her what she should what how she feels and what she should do, which is what ties into the trans experience with for me right that hmm. that gatekeeping and that like yeah. i know who i am i know what i'm doing and and having people be like well no you don't this is wrong this isn't how you should do it you're being you're being right. scary should i call the cops should i you know should i report you kind of thing like that's that to me is like that's what resonated with with me for that even though to be fair those are not experiences i've had yet because i've been really lucky but i've certainly like read enough of of people's experiences to the you know relate to that kind of thing and it's something that i'm scared of having happened to me mm. anyway that's 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 where i connected to but i'm sure it's not it's absolutely not the only aspect in the film that's just what i picked up on in this viewing my thing that i was thinking about through this is is he concerned is he play acting concerned mm. and if he's gonna report her why wasn't why hasn't he just done it already well, i mean fundamentally it doesn't really matter let me put it another way. If you see a kid, whatever the circumstances are, mm. why you're watching this kid, who knows? But if a kid looks in a camera on the internet and says, I'm going to kill my father and I'm going to kill myself. Mm -hmm. Horror game or no, this is still a teenage thing of hormones and bad ideas and not fully developed brain area. There's always that thing. If you're the person watching this where you're like, Shit, is she actually going to do this? Because kids do this shit all the fucking time. Because adults do this shit all the time. And the thing that makes him gross, and to me, there are so many things that make him gross, <laughs> is that, Jesus fucking Christ, my dude, if you were genuinely scared that she's going to do this, which I'm on the fence about, mm. because I think it's more of a control thing, and yes. it's more just like, that's why you got to keep talking to me. Yeah. If you were genuinely concerned, you would have fucking called the cops already, you ding dong. God, I hate this guy. Yeah, and the way he the way he's always telling her, keep making videos so I know you're okay. It's like he's positioning himself as her real audience. Like other people might watch the videos, but they're for him. And he's decided that they're for him. She hasn't ever said, Hey, I make these videos for you, except when she roasts him via tarot card. Yeah. It's white, it's white knighting. It's just like he is deciding yeah. he's gonna he's gonna does he use the language save? Does he say yes. that at some point? Absolutely. But this is this is the kind of the bits of him that I relate to as someone who's gone through experiences of depression and anxiety. And I see people mm -hmm. on the Internet in communities talking about the thoughts they have, things like this, threats. And there's always a bit 
where you wonder if you should intervene because that's like mm-hmm. they'll play it off as a joke or fake or lies right but is it true right and you know confronting them on it can destroy your relationship it can destroy your place in the community it kind of makes you vulnerable mm. yeah if you involve the cops you have to talk to the cops sure i don't believe that that's what jlb sincerely is concerned with i like i don't hmm. i was concerned i'll say that sure but i don't think he's concerned for her i think he's concerned about losing he's afraid of losing somebody who who's giving him something he's not concerned about her for her own benefit i don't think he cares about her like that i think he cares about her as like a source of something that makes him feel something maybe I don't know. This is half formed. Well, it's it's the kind of the root of the whole parasocial relationship issue. That's exactly okay. Yeah. Yes, precisely. Thank you. So look, she 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 cuts him dead, and then he wanders around and mutters to himself like a big weirdo that he is. Yeah, and he sits mm-hmm. in front on the couch in front of the TV, muttering him to himself. And I just want to say, like, okay, his TV is mounted like pretty high up and pretty far away from his couch. And it's like, why even have a, like, it's not that even that big. And it's like, man, why have a, a large-ish TV if you're going to put it so far away that it might as well be a phone? It just upsets me as a, as a cinemaphile. Anna, I'm glad you brought this up because this is truly JLB's big problem in this movie. <laughs> I'm saying uh, it bothered me, okay? As someone who has used a measuring tape to, you know, park the couch at the optimal distance, which I don't Thank think you. yours is at. Yours is pretty far away. Yeah, but my TV is really, really big. That doesn't matter. There's an optimal viewing distance. It's like six feet. Should I be closer or farther? Six feet. Six feet. I think this is about, uh, no, it's a little over six feet. You're right. You have to measure from like your, your directly your eyeball to the pixels. Okay. I, ex- I, I, I accept that, but that, there's no way to do that in this room and make it look like, look nice. Uh, anyway, this is this is a very much beside the point. And let's not speak about mounting TVs above fireplaces. Oh, oh my God! Why would you put a TV above your eye, your eye line? Anyway, God, people don't have any standards. I mean, I might be a little far from my TV, Corey, but I'm not like I'm I'm at most like seven feet at worst. I think neither of you are ever welcome in my house <laughs> because we're gonna judge you. I'm already judging you for refusing to set up Plex. Oh, I don't want to set up Plex. That's another thing. I have so many things. I have a Dropbox. Just send things to my Dropbox if you want it. It's easy. It's, uh, you're missing. You're, missing I picture, you're both going to come into my house, which is <laughs> never going to happen because the pandemic. The pandemic's never going to go away and I'm never going to see a human <laughs> yes, again. Besides my, besides my wife and my stuffed animals. Uh, but uh, I picture you coming in. You're both going to have fucking tape measures <laughs> and you're going to look at each other and you go, mm, no, 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 nope. no, this won't do it all. And then you're going to then you're gonna be like, why you knock down this wall? And it's like, it's a rented apartment. <laughs> <laughs> no, Corey's going to get at the tape measure. I'm going to, I'm going to get on your computer and like your Roku or whatever and be like, I'm setting up for you i don't care what you think i mean actually now that i think about it these are nice things that you would do for me yeah i mean we're trying to improve your life mm-hmm. josh do you need the time set on your vcr <laughs> i've been able to do that since i was two do you, are you having trouble with your inputs i can help you out <laughs> are you trying to use a universal remote let me slap that out of your hand i bet you don't like universal soldier either no, you have a specific remote for a specific device that works it correctly. Why do you want to mess around with a remote that's going to half-assedly do everything 
prop improperly. Are you pointing out that there's only three paragraphs of notes left and we could really finish this Hi, off audience, you can't see this, but there's only three paragraphs of a movie left. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So fucking maybe we can geek squad this shit later. <laughs> Fine. Okay, so I like this scene. It's a parallel to Casey's trip to the barn. We have the camera follow JLB downstairs. He sits on his couch. He holds the remote for the TV, doesn't turn it on. He rehearses a conversation in his head or like replays it. We can't quite tell mm -hmm. if he's arguing with uh, past Casey or future Casey. Uh, and he stomps back upstairs, tries to Skype call is refused call not yep. answered we just hear the ringtone again mm -hmm. uh and then he sends a message that says please don't do it keep making videos which again is like f from from let's say a consumer perspective if mm -hmm. uh someone on the on the tweets was talking about quitting you'd just be like no that's your your creative outlet it's healthy to keep making things i don't care how it's affecting you i really need to watch your videos and read your tweets regardless of how you feel what does he think she's going to eat a bullet or make her dad eat a bullet? I don't know. Who, who can say what JLB thinks, to be honest? Who can say how sincere he is? It's really hard to tell. I think what's absolutely clear is he has an unhealthy parasocial relationship with, with, with the person he refers to as Casey. A million, a million trillion percent. It's like if you have Skype conversations where you actually talk to a person, you're acquaintances then. You're not just just an audience member and if you think that person is going to to off themselves then your concern and your panic in that moment especially if you feel like you made them angry to the point where they made a decision oh yeah right i will i will say however that this is somewhat i would say it's a little bit different because they were inter interacting in character as part of a game as opposed to having like actually having real talk or anything casey seems to be largely upset and ending this because that's not what she wanted she wanted to play the game and he's not he's refusing to play properly anymore and sh and also she's offended that he couldn't tell i mean i like honestly she's just really good at it and he couldn't handle it but also i take the point that do you want to take that chance but also if you didn't want to take that chance this is maybe not the way you do it if you're really concerned about somebody there's a lot of balls in the air here. We can agree that uh, JLB did everything stupid in the worst way. Oh, possible. for sure. Oh, yeah. Regardless of his sincerity, he fucked it right up. Yeah. yeah. And I expected the movie to kind of just end here. We've got a slowed down footage of Casey watching the World's Fair video yeah. with the strobing. Yeah. And the video in this shot degrades while we're watching it. Yes. And we hear the same dialogue as her waterfall video about how she's going to disappear someday and no one's ever going to know what happened. And then we get the absolute 100% confirmation we needed that JLB is an asshole. Sure do. You want to walk us through it? Uh, well, he's narrating again in the future. He's like, and then a year later, we actually met in New York for coffee and she had spent some time in assisted living, you know, getting her head straight. And I, we couldn't believe that we were actually in the same physical space and we had coffee and then we hung out and we totally went on a date and she promised to hook up with me later. And she, yeah, she's, she was in assisted living and now she's in Manhattan taking theater classes. And I was like, Oh God, I hope that, I hope that part's true. Uh, this, this, yeah, is a, I mean. this is a, it's a, the movie is essentially a, uh, the movie is an infomercial for stronger arts education initiatives. <laughs> yeah. Um, the first time I watched this, I, when he said she was in theater, for some reason I was like, 
surely she's not old enough to do that. Are you? Is he trying to age her up in this story so he looks less creepy? Uh, upon reflection, probably not. In the wiki, it's like it says that she is like going to theater college, I think, or said something like that. Like she is right. But, again, but, but I was like, no, this kid's like thirteen. Yeah. But I'm a, I'm also a thousand. So she, I mean, also. 25 year olds look 12 to me like everybody i don't know yeah. anybody's age so it's just like maybe she did go to university but i doubt it she seems like a child as a 33 year old i can confirm they are letting babies go to post-secondary fair enough but those babies are, have got to be at least 18 right no they're actual legit babies that's the crazy part oh wow how'd they get their high school diplomas doesn't matter we've got an important jlb story here he's got closure to hit up right because in his story it's like what happened that night? And she's like, well, I thought about it, but then I didn't. And he's like, well, I stayed up all night with my hand on the screen praying for you. And I totally saved your life. Well, she went to the World's Fair. She was there, but something called her back and it was JLB praying for her safe return. And then they went their separate ways. And then he ends his recording and, and just kind of stares loosely around the screen like Casey did at the beginning. The end. Yeah, the end. And then credits and some nice music. Everything in the movie is so assured and on purpose that I know nothing off the cuff happened from a production standpoint in this movie. Like everything was figured out. I, I believe this in my heart. So I know there's a reason why JLB gets the last word. I'll be goddamned if I know what it is, though, because in my head, I'm just like, is she dead? Did she, did he kill her and her dad? Did she shoot his dad? Did like, oh no, where's Casey? Why are, why does this Jamoke get the last word? What did he do? Well, hot take is that partway through the film, this stops being uh, a movie from Casey's perspective and largely becomes a movie from JLB's perspective. Yeah. And we're supposed to wonder along with him. Like that's the, that's the thing. We don't, he doesn't get closure and we don't get closure. But he invents closure for his audience. Oh yeah, he invents, and there are, and I can't remember them, but there are films that do end with somebody making up a nice story about what could have happened and it's kind of heartwarming or intended to be. And this is like the dark side of it. This is like the end of No Country for Old Men if uh, Tommy Lee Jones was awful. No, this is actually the ending of Censor. Oh yeah, no, you, you <laughs> oh my God, you're right. It is the ending of I Censor. thought you knew, I thought you knew the whole time. I don't. <laughs> Corey, unlike you and Josh, I don't watch every movie and, and try to figure out how is this movie exactly like Censor? How is this like Censor? Because the Wikipedia refers to it as JLB tells like an ambiguous story. It seems like you two are fully this didn't happen. I am 95% this didn't happen, but everybody in this movie talks so much shit that doesn't happen and blah, 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 that I was almost like, did this happen? But it was, again, it was more from place like, I need to personally know if Casey is okay and she's not in JLB's fucking basement. Here's part of why I don't think that this story is true, because I don't think JLB probably ever leaves his house, except maybe to go on the Valid. walk on the, on the grounds. I, it is impossible for me to conceive of him going into New York and having coffee with someone without having a complete mental breakdown. Mm -hmm. I think we're basically assured that at this point, Casey stopped making videos and mm -hmm. that we are left with as much information as JLB has. Mm -hmm. Right. And so he made up his own stupid self-serving happy ending. Is Casey okay, do you think? Oh, I'm sure Casey's fine. I bet Casey's doing great. Okay. 
I mean, when I say I'm sure, I mean, that's what I deeply, deeply want to believe. And don't, yep. don't you dare tell me otherwise. Yeah, Casey moved to a different farm further upstate. <laughs> also, Casey does not look like somebody who's in the position to afford theater school in New York. Maybe, maybe her videos got really popular and they like, invited her up after seeing her amazing performances. Okay, I don't know. Yeah. But also, how far are they from Manhattan? It's not, it might not be uni. It might be she's taking like, she's taking high school classes. She's in a yeah. special, who knows? Well, he doesn't know where she lives because he says that. So, I mean, maybe. Thank he, God. Right? And I like, maybe he managed to figure it out roughly like you did from, from signposts and stuff. So he knows she's in the tri-state area. But to be fair, we don't know where he lives. We don't know that he's in the tri-state area. That is true. Maybe he cho chose New York because he knew that's where she was. And he's, God only knows, like somewhere in the Pacific Northwest or something. Or Canada. A lot of questions in this movie. And not a lot of what you call answers. And that's just what, but there's a lot of room to think about stuff. And that's what Anna likes. Yeah, it's a, re it's a real thinker. You can't spell analyze without Anna. I understand better now why he has the last word in the movie, but I really, I wish he didn't. Oh, sure. I wish, I wish I didn't have to look at his stupid face at the end. I would be happy with nothing. With his like stupid saccharine, everything turned out okay story. Cause I prayed. Yeah. Ugh. With his hand, with his hands on the screen, which is like after he sends his messages to Casey and she doesn't respond, he slumps in front of his computer and puts his hand on the screen. So that's, at least based on a true story. But it's also, it's kind of like, as a creator, that's kind of the impact you hope you have on your audience. Yeah. If you hope what you're doing matters to someone out there. I'm never going to stop thinking about this movie. Good. Like, that's the best kind of movie to me, is a movie that I will never stop thinking about. We have a lot of stuff spoon-fed to us at this point through entertainment. Yeah. A lot. A lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, most most things. One of the things that drives me or drove me craziest when I started off as a screenwriter was that people were always like, "Explain more. Can you explain it more?" <clears throat> Somebody might not understand this. The stupidest. We basically have to write every Hollywood movie for the absolute stupidest person in the audience who doesn't understand what things are. And it is so great to see a movie that not only does it give you much, but gives you goddamn near nothing trailheads basically mm -hmm. and Ooh. and you and you and says okay you figure it out no wonder the average movie viewer is like three 3.2 2.5 not scary boo this wasn't fear.com for a new generation what even happened in this movie a girl took a nap and that's basically it I mean, I and fair dues. My wife said, "How was it?" I was like, "It's pretty fucking great." She's like, "What's it about?" And I was like, <laughs> "Right, fuck if I know." Ian asked if he should watch it with me for the second viewing, and I was like, "Ah!" He's like, "What's it about?" I'm like, "Ah!" <laughs> Did he watch it with you? No. Okay. Well, Jen watched it with me for my second viewing, and she liked it. I, pre I prepped her for it being slow and she's like, it is slow. Like the scenes are slow, but it really does. Like, it doesn't feel like it's taking a long time. And it like it's runtime is one hour and 25 minutes, but it never really drags despite the fact that individual scenes are lengthy. Like it's slow without being tedious. I did the equivalent of when a baseball player swings like two bats uh, before he goes up to swing. I uh, because because it was on on Friday because it was on Joe Bob Briggs. Uh, he showed uh, Herzog's Nosferatu. Oh, nice! I still need to see that. 
It's an interesting picture, and I'm glad I watched it. But it is seven hours and twenty seven hours long, uh, and uh, but and it is just downright boring in places. Like it's the uh, it is the art film that people make fun of when they make fun of art films. Like there isn't a field of weed in it, but there might as well be. You really need to watch Solaris. <laughs> yeah, you really need to watch Solaris. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what if I just watch Cannonball Run 2 again? Anyways. Uh... <laughs> well, yeah, but halfway through, it's just a sex tape of uh, Chidi and... Uh... I'm back. So so I guess my point is, is that I didn't think this movie dragged because I watched a movie that genuinely, legitimately, by design, dragged and had shots of just a brook and things like that. And it's great, but boy, oh boy, it's slow. And so for this, I was like, this is also slow. But it just it clips along. It felt slower on the first viewing, and I don't mm. think it would appeal to any of my friends. Fair. Okay, well, anyway, my next pick's going to be John Dielman, and you'll learn what true slow cinema really is. She makes a meatloaf. Okay, I'm going to watch, uh, what, Slow Ahead Fast? What is it called? It's uh, just the footage of a, a fairy at night. Oh, no. Oh, well, we could watch Eiffel Tower. Or not Eiffel Tower, uh, Empire State Building. Is that one of Warhol's? That's the Warhol one where it's just the Empire State Building for eight hours. Yep. No, I'm, we don't need to get into this, but Empire State Building is not a movie that's meant to be watched as a movie. It's meant to be something that's that's part of the atmosphere of the place you're at where you look at it periodically and be like, ooh, look at that. It's meant to have the Velvet Underground playing in front of it. Yeah, it's not meant. you're not meant to sit down in front of your television and watch it for eight hours. That's not the purpose. But there are oh. films that are very slow where that is the purpose. Sorry, it's dead slow ahead. That's the joke I was trying to make. Yeah. Okay, great. I'm going to download that and watch it. It's on our Plex. Um, <laughs> See, look what you're missing out on, Josh. Oh my god. It's like it's like the it's like the siblings I never wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Josh. Stop watching things you enjoy. And start watching things that are painful. Hear it. Hey, check it out. Your family. <laughs> <laughs> Hospitaliano. The next movie we watch is going to be a fucking banger. We're going to watch Inframan. Yay! It's one of the few uh, Shaw brother. Uh, I always mispronounce this. It's not Tonkatsu because that's wrong. Tokusatsu. It's one of... <laughs> They're very similar looking words, y'all. It's a Shaw Brothers picture. Came to me that we should watch it when we talked about uh, uh, Kamen Rider O's. And I was like, man, let's watch something that's short and has all the stuff that I like, which is to say it's 1970s. There's a lot of rubber guys running around. There's a guy who wears a suit that makes them all big. And then the rubber guys get all big. They fight. They wrestle. The bad person's name is Princess Dragon Mom. I'm excited. I'm hype. You had me at rubber suit. And it's gonna be. It's gonna be a good time. It's easy to find. Everybody can watch it. We're gonna. It's gonna be great. But uh, but in the meantime, I think you should hey check it out. Uh, the uh, the this uh, this picture. You should watch. You should watch this movie we discussed. You should watch. We're all going to the World's Fair. I give it ten check it outs out of ten. Does that mean you give it a check it out? Yes, exactly. Check it out. What's it all about? Yeah. We're going to watch this girl be sad. I'm really glad she barely cried during the movie. Like, again, you know how I feel about characters crying on screen. And this was borderline. You must hate This Is Us. I do. <laughs> that must be that must be fucking saw for you. It is. It's that and the smoking in the hospitals. It's just like, what is going on? 
We watched the last couple episodes of Ping Pong the other weekend. We finished it off and I cried like through the last two episodes almost consistently. I was just Bless. like sobbing. <laughs> he was a robot, baby. He became a boy. He became a real boy. He was beautiful. Yeah, yeah he did. My blood tastes like metal. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. Watch, watch. Uh, we're all going to the World's Fair. Please. And uh, thank you all for listening. I'm Coriander Dickinson. You can find me on Twitter at Absolar. Uh, I'm Josh A. Kagan. You can find me on Instagram at Josh A. Kagan. I'm Anna Wasserman. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Gold Sarcasmium. Bye. See you at the World's Fair. No, Anna, it's a trap. This episode was edited by Matt Griffiths, a.k.a. at GoatPrince on Twitter. Our next movie is 1975's The Super Inframan, also known as Chinese Superman.